Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. But if you think about it from an anthropological and biological standpoint, it's actually essential that that thrill decreases so we can focus on other things than just wanting to be in bed with each other. Therefore, uh, right now, you're probably comparing it to what you felt with your partner. And while that's what you want to have again, I get it. It's like chasing a fantasy at this point. As always on Relationship Review, or almost as always, we are joined by our resident sexologist, Dr. Joe Beam. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging I'm a sexologist. Most people don't know that, I think. I study and teach about sex as well as about relationships. I'm also trying to make our producer a little uncomfortable because I told him we would bring up sex <laughs> at least once during this recording earlier in a conversation. So it's something I like to make sure people know that we don't just talk about relationships. We talk about a lot of the issues with the relationships and one of your, right. one of the best areas that you've studied, you've studied marriage crisis, obviously for over 20 years, but the random thing that comes up in our workshop and there are questions you spend time answering questions about is your actual degree in sexology. Yeah. And next year, interestingly, 1990, uh, 2024 will be 30 years since I've started working with marriages. I actually first started working marriages in 1994. So coming up on 30. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. That's older than yeah. Jason. So. <laughs> yeah. And I know people looking at you saying, how could you possibly have done that? You look so young. <laughs> we have learned not to, not to ask me what age you are. Um, I accidentally say the wrong thing or say the sarcastic answer. So. Uh, Fair enough. What questions do we have for today, my friend? Absolutely. So the first question we're going through today is, as a new empty nester that has been having relationship issues, even when the kids were here, is it still possible to save the marriage when she acts like she wants out? She is distant and disinterested. I suggested counseling, and she has said she would leave if I said it again. Okay. There's an interesting phenomenon that occurs with women, not every woman, of course, you understand that when we talk, we talk generically, like this is what often happens, but it may not happen to a specific person. Uh, there are you know, a number of women, for example, when they finally go through menopause, begin to have some very serious questions about their own validity, their, their value, their self-worth, because part of what they viewed their self-worth as being was the ability to be a mother. Now, beyond just when the menopause takes place, which means that she can't have any more babies, a similar thing can take place when finally the last baby leaves the nest. And so now it's like I'm, I'm still a mother, but not like I was before because my kids are in college or they have those jobs. They're over there. They're married to that person, those kinds of things. And so sometimes with some women, and I'm not saying it's necessarily the case with yours or your wife, I'm saying that, uh, it could be that she's questioning who she is and what she's supposed to be and et cetera, which naturally would lead her to withdraw because people in that kind of situation basically are trying to figure out, do I really have value? Now, they may not be processing it just exactly with those words. Generally, that's what they're doing. 
And so is it possible to save the marriage in a situation like this? Absolutely. Part of it's going to be patience. Now, when a person is going through that kind of confusion, it is not unusual at all for them to say, leave me alone. Don't push me. And asking her to go to counseling would come across as being a push. So be there. Be understanding. Listen to her as much as you possibly can. Affirm her without sounding like that you're doing something that's not real. In other words, your affirmations can't come across as you're just trying to make her feel better. It has to be things that you actually believe. And with a little bit of time, she begins to soften a little bit. One thing that we would recommend is that gradually begin to find something out there that could focus the both of you on together. Now, I can't tell you what that would be because I don't know what your gifts are, your talents are, but it has to be both of you, not just one. But suppose, for example, I'll just give you a quick example and we'll move on. If she were to say something like, you know, I think young mothers really need to know a lot more about how, <clears throat> how to take care of their children. Your response might be, you know, that would be interesting. Wonder if we could set up a class somewhere where I could be your co-teacher or at your support group at the very least. And, and we could think that through and plan it out in advance and you could start doing that. In other words, focus her on something where she can find herself worth again, but it can't be something that you just throw at her. It's going to be something that comes out of her heart. So be patient. Don't panic. And, and wait for those opportunities to when she starts indicating what might be important to her and gently feed into that. Hmm. That really hits home more of the last step of reconciliation too, of that aspirational phase, as we would call it, right? Um, and thinking through not only in your crisis moment, should you work on making yourself better, but learning ways to pull your spouse back in without having that push effect. So very good. that's how I'm listening and I'm understanding and how I respond that's to these good. questions is I'm just going to say what I think. Um, okay. Very good. So, and hopefully make some sort of sense of that. Next question. Is it possible for me to love my husband again after I cheated on him? He let me come back to the marriage, but I feel like I made the choice because it was the right thing to do. I've been back for eight months, but I don't feel in love with him anymore at all. So it, the short answer is yes, it is definitely possible that you can be in love with him again. But you need to be careful what you measure that feeling against. You see, when we start looking at love from a scientific viewpoint, from the social sciences, I should say, Dr. Sternberg's model is what we use all the time. Robert Sternberg's brilliant, and he researches love, which has to do with intimacy. That's openness, transparency, and vulnerability, which has to do with commitment that I, I'm going to do what it takes to keep the relationship alive, and then also has passion. Now, passion has a sexual component, but passion is deeper than that. Passion is a craving for oneness. I want to share life with you. If I see a beautiful sunset, I wish you were there to see it with me. Now, probably what you're lacking right now is that feeling of passion. And if you were involved with somebody else, which you said you were, in those relationships, typically the passion goes intensely high. People have sometimes let me right in the eye, people who have had an affair and say, if I go back to my spouse, will I ever have the same uh, level in the future of excitement and sexual exhilaration that I had with my partner that I just had the affair with? And my response universally is no. Well, why would I want to go back? 
because if you stayed with the partner, it would go away with him or her too. Those kind of things are short-lived. In sexology, we call it sexual habituation. What that means is after a couple of years, now it's not like exactly to the time like we have 10 minutes left, but after a couple of years, you uh, that thrill diminishes dramatically. You've seen all there is to see. You've done all there is to do. You've heard all there is to hear. You've touched all there is to touch and been touched everywhere there to be touched. And after a while, it begins to reduce in frequency and in repertoire. You start doing fewer things together, and it doesn't have that same level of intensity it did to begin with. Now, if you believe in God, you believe that God made it that way. If you just believe in nature, then believe that nature made it that way. But if you think about it from an anthropological and biological standpoint, it's actually essential that that thrill decreases so we can focus on other things than just wanting to be in bed with each other. Therefore, uh, right now, you're probably comparing it to what you felt with your partner and while that's what you want to have again, I get it. It's like chasing a fantasy at this point, because even with the partners, I just said it would fade at some point. Can you have fulfilling sex with your spouse? Absolutely. Can you get to the point of, of a craving oneness, which is not just sexual in nature, but just sharing the deep emotions of life? Yes. Is it okay that you came back because you thought it was the right thing to do? Ask my wife, Alice, sometimes. Uh, I'd been gone three years and asked Alice if she would be willing to take me back. And when people ask her, why did you take her back? Why did you take Joe back? She says, I felt like it was the right thing to do. And if they ask either one of us, Alice or me, well, were you in love with each other when you got back together? No, <laughs> we were not. We decided it was the right thing to do. And at least we weren't having that great animosity anymore. We weren't fighting. And over time, we learn how to love each other. Now, do I have the same thrill with Alice I had when I left her for another woman? No. But what we have together, both Alice and me, is so much deeper than that. It's, it's like it has deep roots. It's the kind of love that sustains you through life. So, no, you're not going to have that same thrill. But can you have a deep, fulfilling, meaningful relationship that has good, strong emotions involved in it? Absolutely. Just don't expect to happen overnight. And as best you can, don't let you compare it now to what happened in the affair. Hmm. Yeah. That last line right there. Don't compare what you have now to what you felt like was more love in the past. Um, you have said to me and said to a lot of our audience that love is a choice. So it's finding the reasons to choose that. So one of the exercises you have given me and given others is Make a list. What does love look like to you? What would have to be true in order for you to love him again? And maybe reflect on that list. Ask him to do the same. If you feel comfortable, if he is a safe spot for you, become a safe spot, but be confident in who you are and know that it's not a quick fix. And nothing we teach, no. nothing Dr. Joe cheeses, nothing that Kimberly or any of our coaches teach are a quick fix. For some people, it is a quick switch, but for most, it takes time. Quicker than others, yeah. But for most not. Yeah, I had a lady yesterday ask me for a magic pill. And I said, well, you know, the last time I saw one of those was back in the 60s, <laughs> back in the 1960s. And, and it's not going to give you what you're looking for. Uh, what you're looking for takes time. Hmm. Next question. My partner has agreed to attend the workshop, but what can we work on before we're able to attend? He has had a three-year-long affair. We both want to reconcile and we're living together, but how should we be communicating prior to the, our workshop 
we tend to fight a lot. Okay. We, we hear this question a lot. And I think, Phil, that we even have a video that our, one of our CRs, I mean, whoever you interacted with that helped you enroll in the workshop you're coming to, will know how to find this video for you. But I did a video about here's some things to do and not do before you come to the workshop. I'm not going to try to replicate all of that here. So let me just say a couple of things. Number one, don't try to deal with the issues right now. Uh, we'll teach you some tremendous tools. Will you need to deal with the issues? Sure. But let's get the right tools in your hands before you do. Because each of us, when we don't have the right tool to do something, can wind up messing it up before we realize it. Not because we're bad people, not because we're dumb people, but just because we don't have the right tool at the moment. So don't try to resolve your issues. Be kind to each other. Be comfortable with each other. Enjoy each other. Do not deal with the issues now. Just let it just go as calmly and easily as you can until you get to the workshop. And in three days, we will equip you with tons of tools that you can use for your relationship. So until then, chill. <laughs> uh, recently, uh, reviewing actually one of our workshops and reviewing my manual, uh, you talk about how as a teacher, you sometimes you say things and people don't do them. And that's the reason why you're not a counselor. So... We can recommend yeah. people to listen to you, but when Dr. Joe says chill and be calm and try not to try not your, it's going to be the hardest to try not to fix something prior. Let mm -hmm. the facilitator, whoever's teaching the workshop and the breakout leaders and coaches help you take the tools we teach you there and move forward towards better reconciliation and actually help you fix those issues and come up mm -hmm. with solutions to fix them. But don't try to do it beforehand. Try it's like right. trying to drive it's trying like trying to fix a car before you watch a YouTube video or read the manual. Like you know something <laughs> yeah. is wrong, but if you don't have the training to do it, please don't try to do it prior. So take a burden off yourself. Don't don't be the fixer. Take the burden off yourself and, and just calmly be the good, nice person you are. And we'll give you lots of tools in that workshop. Well, Thank you so much, Dr. Joy, for joining us today on this episode of Relationship Radio. And if we're, you're listening to the audio version, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help the show. If you'd like to learn more about our workshop, please visit us at marriagehelper.com. <laughs>